0: Hello and welcome to Jimish Femme. This is James. I'm seated on a park bench on the South Perth foreshore, sort of looking towards the city at a ferry crossing the river. And I'm joined by...
1: Jenny Fayan. Fain Fian?
0: Yeah.
1: I think you say Fain That's how you're supposed to pronounce her surname. People struggle with it, but it's just five Jenny letters. Jenny yen
0: There's a couple of swans here, mm-hmm. um, just dipping their heads down into the water and pulling up whatever they do, <laughs> whatever they pull up out of the water, weeds or something, I don't know, making little arches of the water. Um, hi Jenny, how are you?
1: Pretty good. This is really lovely weather and I love being by the water and looking at the swans doing their thing. Mm,
0: it's sort of magic, magic hour-ish.
1: It is, yeah.
0: Um, nice sunny day and it's in winter. We're recording on, was it the 10th of August?
1: That's 2019. right. Twenty-nine For time travellers coming from the...
0: Future or past? Hi, Jenny. Who are you? What are you?
1: <laughs> what am I? Oh, I don't know what I am. Every day I wake up and feel differently. I am a, a woman, a woman, woman, and I make films and installations. And I listen to a lot of music. And I watch more YouTube than I should. It's Probably. This is an
0: interesting discovery.
1: An unhealthy amount. Um. And as I said before, I love being by the water, and I'm trying not to freak out that I'm not in another part of the world right now because that's something that bothers me a bit.
0: That I'm, you're not in another part of the world.
1: Yeah, because I'm from Perth, and here I am in Perth, and it's a beautiful city. But I haven't been to a lot of the world yet. Yeah. And I am curious, and I'm thinking, mm, when am I? What's your out
0: of <laughs> what's top of your mind where you want to go next? Like right off the top of your head, without thinking too much about it. What's the first thing you go?
1: Um. Uh, Argentina
0: Just to visit or to live?
1: To visit Yeah And then if I like it Who knows Yeah Yeah
0: What would What um, What would Jenny do Going to Argentina What would Like How would you plan that trip Would you be like booking Like a bus tour or something Or would you Um How do you decide where to go
1: I would talk to friends That have been there Because I have a few friends That have travelled Across the entire continent which just makes me feel I'm way behind. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I don't know because I'm not the most spontaneous person you'll meet. Mm-hmm. But when I go traveling, that part of my personality opens up mm. and I'm very open to spontaneity within reason. But some the best times I've had overseas, sometimes I haven't had much of a plan. I've had a loose plan. Yeah. And then you meet people and you... See,
0: I mean you were like a uh, a multidisciplinary artist. You do film and installations. I'm um, a
1: yeah, a multidisciplinary person.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so you wouldn't you wouldn't go for there for like an art thing like you wouldn't be looking out for like art an art exhibition that you have to see or an art residency or a- I've
1: never specifically traveled to another country to see an art exhibition. I mean it would have to be amazing. I mean I've traveled into st- have I? Yeah, I think I've travelled interstate. I've travelled into prefecture. I'm doing that um, with the bunny rabbit ears. And air quotes. When, air quotes, that's it, when I was in Japan. Um, but that that's easy compared to here. Um, at Well, look, if I went to South America, it was because I was exhibiting or it was part of a festival. That would be the ultimate. That mm-hmm. would be fantastic. I'm sort of killing two birds with one stone. I'm just genuinely curious anyway like the most hmm maybe exotic's the wrong word but I one of the most enlightening holidays I had where I was in a completely new environment for me was reunion island and I didn't go there because of art or cinema I went there because of my friend's wedding (laughs) but it was great because you know I'm someone I'm very very pale as you can right. see. I lather myself in sunscreen even if it's an overcast day but I found myself walking around in the sun with my hair out, no sunscreen I'm not a coffee drinker but someone made no me... Sunscreen. No, no sunscreen? No oh. sunscreen Someone made me homemade... I don't drink coffee but someone made me homemade coffee and I drank it and I'm like wow this oh, is, is...
0: it getting hyper?
1: I know this is, this is it. It was just quite liberating and you find... I don't know because it's an island country and I felt Everyone was speaking French. I don't speak a word of French. I was trying to teach myself while I was there, Duolingo. I got up to 2%.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> 2% French. My pronunciation's horrible. But uh, yeah, it's, it just brings out another side of you. And there were certain songs I was listening to and it just, that's a feeling I can always tap into with my writing. So even when I'm traveling somewhere, I feel, not that it's research, that sounds a bit much, but you are absorbing a lot without even realizing it. And you mm. can use it as a resource for later, and you know, endeavours and stuff.
0: Yeah, I kind of hate going places without a reason. Really? Um,
1: not even if you're just curious?
0: Um, is,
1: that, is that not enough?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I at the moment, I'm trying to not spend money on, like, travelling, like, on a plane anywhere. Um, but on the long weekends, I like to go hiking. So, it's like, oh, I want to go there because it's got a mountain. I want to climb. Yeah. So, I guess that's kind of a reason, but also you're just going to see what's there. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, you know, I probably wouldn't... I struggled to ever th- go, oh, I should just go somewhere just to see what's there, like, on a plane. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the same. Like, if, if it was a wedding, if I was going there for a <laughs> wedding... Yeah. ...or a film festival or... Mm-hmm. um, You know, I went to Sydney once just to watch... Uh, the Batman movie and the IMAX cinema. <laughs> Bloody um, hell! <laughs> you know, cool, yeah. I don't. I'm not really a Sydney fan, but they do have a real IMAX. Well, they did. I think they've shut it down now, but mm. they did have a real IMAX cinema. So it was like, and they didn't have one purse. So it's like, well, you have to go there. And I enjoyed being in Sydney for that because I had a purpose to be there. You know?
1: Uh, yeah. I once, when I before I moved to Sydney, I went over to Sydney for the Vivid festival i didn't know anything about it and i was getting into installations and maybe VJing. i wasn't sure but it was good to go over for that reason and then it was kind of like an artistic pilgrimage i went to carriage works and then the mca and i was just i don't know soaking it in so that when i did move to sydney i I kind of had my coordinates Hmm. (laughs) already yeah but i'm i'm totally okay with going somewhere without a plan like i because i just want to go yeah
0: yeah um the, uh, so, just for... Let's give some context about who you are and what we do. Mm-hmm. What is your current... Like, what are you currently working on? Like, what did you knock off from... What have you been working on this week,
1: Last um, week? Yeah, I, I'm actually challenging myself because I'm getting back into narrative storytelling because for quite a few years I wasn't doing that. I was more interested in creating installations where like it's more of a dance film slash art film like what could I communicate without any words whatsoever because Mm -hmm. I really love silent cinema a lot of the filmmakers I love that make narrative films there isn't that much dialogue and I think it's interesting listening to actors speak like Tilda Swinton she said it's um she it was in um Lynn Ramsey's film we need to talk about Kevin yeah Is quite a taciturn character and she's just reacting to all the horror that's around her and she's not talking too much. Um, Yeah, so I was doing that for a while and now I'm going back into... I, I made a short film recently that had a voiceover. Believe me, that's a big deal because for so long I was just making films or making visual works with characters that just didn't speak and suddenly I'm like, oh, she this character is going to say something we're going to be... And it just made me very conscious of language and being as economical as possible because I'm someone who waffles on to the point where people look at me and say, come on, get to the point, get to the finish line, come on, girl. You know? <laughs> so I don't want my characters to be like that because it would be super boring. And, yeah, so I, I like a very economical approach where you, you want the word to carry enough weight and you want it to be crafted in a way where you're communicating as much as you can with very little. So I had made a short film and now I'm working on a mini uh, web series, which is new for me, brand, brand new. But I do like the idea of having a character and we're sort of, the main character is a woman and we're tracking her progress over something. And is a that challenge. your
0: project or is it a collaboration?
1: It's mine. Yeah. I, I wish it you're was. You're producing a, it. I, uh well, look, it's early days. I'm writing it right now. I would love to produce it with someone. I don't like to wear too many hats. And I would actually really love to write something with someone at some point because you need so much motivation
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: to freaking write. <laughs> it's great, like, once you're in the space, once you're in the zone, but um, I feel guilty a lot and I hate if the house is untidy and I'm like, oh, I can't write yet. The dishes haven't been done or I can't write yet. I need to wipe the surface. <laughs> I can't really OCD with cleaning When it comes to writing Which is stupid But
0: I think it's good practice In film and TV Because in the reality <laughs> In the TV world You're Like more often than not These days You're going to be working In a kind of a writer's room Or you're going to be Yeah exactly. Collaborating on Stuff like that
1: Yeah um, Yeah And you just got to Fucking do it So
0: Oops <laughs> oh, sorry It's a lot easier when you um Getting paid to do it You know
1: that's tr- to sit
0: in a room and just... Well,
1: yeah. You've and have got if a someone's, deadline. Kind of. And if someone's giving you a brief, yeah. this is what we need. This is the deadline. So, all right. But at the same time, I really like the luxury of, um, okay, there is no like proverbial gun to my head. This is purely for me. So, I need to just, you know, be my own boss and fucking do it. Mm. And it is fun. I I really immerse myself in music. Mm-hmm. I make a playlist of songs that capture the mood that I want. I look at reference images. I create this sort of s- like audio visual cocoon that I enter, which is crazy because sometimes I carry that cocoon with me when I should be focusing on real life stuff. Like, oh, yeah, I need to book that doctor's appointment. <laughs> you know, I need to adult right now. I need to be an adult. But um, yeah, I, it's hard for me to just leave the cocoon and leave it where it is and come back to it. I always end up bringing a little piece of it with me. Yeah. But yeah, so. That's what I'm working on.
0: Oh, but uh, in the show notes, I'll have a link to uh, Jenny's uh, probably website and Mm -hmm. her Vimeo page. Mm -hmm. Um, So you've got a whole eclectic range of stuff on there.
1: Yeah, Um, which I'm finally coming to terms with. I was having a bit of an identity crisis and I always felt, I I hate to admit it, whatever. I always felt I, I struggled with calling myself a filmmaker because I had done so much art stuff. And a lot of people are like, no, it's fine. You can mm. you can absolutely do both. It's okay, you don't have to get so but I would I would just get very um like, you know, the stupid imposter syndrome and all of that. I would struggle with that. But now I feel what's the point? It's fine. That's that's what I wanted to make at that time. And that's where, what I made.
0: <laughs> where did this all begin? Like why did you why did you start being an artist? Like why don't you just go and get a real job and don't make I a, money and get a
1: real job, yeah.
0: Have a children um. and with a mortgage and a white picket fence <laughs> and pay for daycare and...
1: Oh, I don't, oh, I don't know if that was... Sip some
0: champagne on the balcony after work and watch
1: I whatever's did that, on
0: after Chef or something like <laughs>
1: that. I, I, well, I do enjoy a, a glass of wine every now and then, um, but...
0: I'm not saying you don't. I'm just the whole... The
1: whole traditional...
0: The whole... How I feel, especially in Perth, it's like, yeah, that's kind of your destiny, really.
1: <laughs> well, look, I have always felt like a bit of an outsider. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with coming to Australia when I was a kid, and I wasn't, like, it's funny, I met people who moved here. Where'd
0: you come from? That's a good place to question.
1: Essex. I come from Essex in oh, yeah, England. Another one
0: of these bloody Brits.
1: Bloody Brits, man. Yeah, but it's really funny because I I do have memories. I did have like my childhood there because I I did meet a girl in high school who <laughs> kept saying, "Darling, I'm British," even though she moved here when she was two. Mm. I thought that was so ridiculous. I had like fucking six and a half years on her.
0: <laughs> so you moved here when you were eight? Yeah, I was or nine. Eight and a half. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I had so much fun. I remember. We came here for dad's job and the town I grew up in, um, look, it's, <laughs> apparently it used to be very interesting and cultural and beautiful when my mum grew up there and then the 80s came and the local government just...
0: <laughs> Which town is it? <laughs> it's
1: called Grays, G-R-A-Y-S. Where's um, this? It's in Essex.
0: Oh, this is in Essex. Yeah, and yeah. so it's
1: not too far from London because most, you know... But some people, Essex, Great. So
0: Essex is a shire,
1: <laughs> uh, county, county. Yeah, um, it's by the River Thames. Yeah, and I, you know, I didn't hang out by the Thames, but we'd go for walks down by there, and yeah, it. It was just I just remember when um, Dad came to Australia first. He came over here for a year, so I kind of forgot that for a year Dad wasn't in the house.
0: He was, yeah.
1: <laughs> he was you know, in a different hemisphere, and Mum was very strong you know she just was like okay this is what we're doing and then we came over to Perth for three weeks and dad's like this is going to be a new home we're like alright and then I remember when we were finally ready to move to Australia I just went up to all my friends and I said I'm moving to Australia guess how long I'm going for and oh, no, I didn't even say I'm moving I'm like I'm going to Australia guess how long I'm going for And they would say, three weeks, five weeks? And I'd look at them and be like, five years. Because we didn't know how long Dad's contract would be. And it was just the look on their faces. I just loved it. I was a bit of a show pony. I wanted to be special. Um, And then my favorite thing to do when we moved over to Australia, whenever we had relatives or friends visiting from England, I would give them a massive list of absolutely every single thing that could kill them. Um, Spiders, snakes, sharks, jellyfish, and the sun. And that was horrifying. That was my version of a horror film. When I was eight and I I didn't know skin cancer existed. I didn't know you could die from the sun. Are you joking? So when it's like my universe imploded when, when and also the teacher was terrible. She was our health teacher and she scared the absolute shit out of me because her way of demonstrating statistics was to go around the classroom and be like okay so 25 I don't know what she pulled this figure out from this was 96 25 people 25% of the population will be impacted by skin cancer or blah 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 she literally went one, two, three, four, one one of you's going to die One, two, three, four, one 2 3 one is going to die and I just sat there like what I was so upset that my parents brought me to a country where the sun could kill me and I had I, I was crying I started crying in the middle of class and then the next lesson the teacher had to be like now I know that some students were very upset, so we won't talk about skin cancer today. And it was like that was me. <laughs> mm. Um, I don't know what the question was anymore, but that's
0: what, what's what? your origin story?
1: Oh, okay, well,
0: you came to what? You came to <laughs> uh, was, you came to Perth and you're in a new country. I assume oh, yeah. you don't have any friends. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I had to make new friends, and um,
0: did lo- you go to a public school? Lost my
1: uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, but we had a bit of a tree change because we went from some normal concrete suburban whatever to a house surrounded by trees.
0: Yeah, near Yorkeston mm-hmm.
1: Park, near the Bibbleman Track. Oh wow! In okay. Kalamunda. Yeah. so with a swimming pool
0: mm-hmm. and
1: a massive driveway, it was <laughs> boom, you know, and just seeing Dad chopping wood, and then he got chased by a. <laughs> A redback spider screaming. It was just like, where, where are we? <laughs> it's fantastic. So, look, it wasn't as if we moved from England to somewhere super exotic, but oh my gosh, it was pretty, pretty exotic. Yeah. pretty big change. What um,
0: was it, is it? Were you like in the city? You said you were in a town. Is it part of?
1: Uh, like yeah, not part of
0: the urban a, superstructure of London or something.
1: Well, not not really. It's just a it's a small town, not too far from London. I don't know, working class town. I don't know how to describe it. I don't want anyone from Greys somehow listening to this. I'm <laughs> like that bitch. Do you go back like, there? My nan still lives there, okay. so the last time I was there was a few years ago. But even I spoke to my nan last night, and she, even she says. I mean, she's from, she lives in Greys, and she mm. said, "Oh, when you, I feel so bad whenever you come and visit me, Jen, because there's just nothing to do here." <laughs> I'm like nan, it's okay. I go there to see you. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I've always felt like a bit of an outsider and even when i was 18 and i moved to japan i think i did that for a reason i just thought i love perth but there's a big world out there so i've never what i'm trying to say is uh i was 18 when i'm because
0: that's a big when you're people browsing your website or your vimeo yeah there's a big sort of japanese influence Ah, on your work
1: there is there's a massive um japanese influence and i'm wondering if i had you know, move to Jamaica or move to South America. I think it would have been the same. I don't think it was... I was just s- at such a young age that when I moved there, I absorbed everything like a sponge.
0: So you were like, instead of going straight to university, you went to Japan?
1: Yeah. I remember having that argument with my dad. He wanted me to go straight to uni. Mm. And um, and I I didn't really... I, sh- I look back and think, oh, I probably should have studied harder with my final exams. Like, I did okay, but not fantastically. And I just I just knew... I just needed to get out. I knew I needed to, um, see a bit of the world. So yeah, I, all through year 12, I was looking at oh year 11 and year 12. I was looking at exchange programs. I was like, okay, I want to try Germany or I'll go to Ireland and that, that didn't happen. And so I, as soon as I graduated from um, high school, I was thinking, well, okay, where am I going? That was on my hmm. mind. So yeah, um, yeah. Moved to Japan at 18, and I became a teacher. Okay. Uh, and I so you was... got the
0: job before you left? or you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I had to mm. get the job. And I didn't have a degree, obviously, because mm. I didn't even go to uni at that point. And it really restricted where I could teach, because yeah. you need a degree to teach in Europe. And that's where my parents wanted me to go, just in terms of you know, it being safer and closer to England, close to my family, who are still there. Um, and because... in Japan, for most of the companies, you need a degree. Yeah. So, for a while, I, I had my sights set on Shanghai. Yeah. My parents were a bit worried. And then we found a company in Japan that took working holiday visa yeah. um, workers. So, I applied. And they put me in Ibaraki Prefecture because, you know, they ask you, where do you want to teach? Tokyo, Osaka, Um maybe even like fukuoka and kyushu the main cities and i knew if i ticked those i'd be on a waiting list so i ticked the anywhere box and they literally put me anywhere yeah. <laughs> i was put in i call it the the Geraldton of japan okay so that's where i was wow <laughs> most people they say like ibaraki yeah and they say why like even japanese people are like why to you go there? <laughs> so I didn't choose it. I was put there. But it's under Hitachi. You know, all the products. Hitachi City. It's actually a very small city, but that's okay. the closest city, quote unquote, where I was. So so I was there and I had my own apartment and I had my job and I had a lot of free time. I did his As in, I gave you one? Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. So, yeah, it was a pretty big change. I lived by the sea, which right. was awesome.
0: I mean, and this is a, a, you know, a very... Um, a period of time when, you know, everything's kind of exciting. Like, is there a dating yeah. scene there? Like, what were you...
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. What was
0: the social life like?
1: The social life was great because I was suddenly hanging out with... Okay, look. I'm going to... Look, I came from... I went to an all-girls private school. My friends, um we, you know, same demographic. Yeah. Which is fine. But again... I was hungry for more, yeah. and suddenly my friends—I had friends from Jamaica, I had friends from America, friends from Canada, friends from Hong Kong. In Japan. Yeah, in Japan. Okay. They all went over there. Friends from Russia.
0: All to teach. Yep. Oh wow. Yep. Okay. And you're all in like the same apartment building? No.
1: No no, no. no, no, no. We the company I worked for—it was more of like an after-school yeah. care, uh, care club. Some classes were so ridiculous. I was teaching again with the air quotes two and a half year olds i was teaching babies Mm. they couldn't even speak japanese it's hilarious but we were all so you have a prefecture and everyone gets the company i worked for you're assigned four different classrooms yeah um and i was in the most northern part of the prefecture of ibaraki so i was living by myself like the my friend lived it was it was a 20 minute train ride away so that was my like where my closest friend lived
0: how did you guys meet or were they friends from Perth?
1: Oh, no, no, no. I'm, when I'm saying friends, I mean from the same company. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I should say colleagues. But they all became friends. It was a really
0: sort of. And you met through the company? Thing. Yep, we met yep. through the
1: company. Yeah. Um, and then you just make friends because it d- really depends on your personality and how outgoing you are. I mean, I made friends because there was a local Christian university and I was using the internet for free. <laughs> I was pretending to be a Christian student and I would sneak in and they didn't require any login or passwords. And it was, uh, I got singled out because the girl before me, she is, um, I think, Chinese Canadian. Okay. So she was often mistaken for a Japanese person so she could go she could sneak into that university library and no one would bat an eyelid because she looked japanese yeah whereas i walked around and people like who is this girl and then the other the the exchange students from america they saw me and i saw them and they were trying to figure out who i was like we don't there isn't this is us like this is it so who's this girl and then we got talking and um yeah and so i just made friends through all sorts of different situations and friends of friends and yeah.
0: So did yeah, you, um, uh, did you go on holidays while you're there?
1: Mm-hmm. I went to Hong Kong. I went around Japan. Like I've explored way more of Japan than Australia, but that makes sense because it's all within close proximity and it's much cheaper to travel around. And
0: uh,
1: um, yeah, I did a lot of solo traveling as well. And Japan is fairly safe so you can you, you can because this that. is
0: I, if i'm going to go to japan i mm-hmm. want to do a railway tour yeah. like not use a plane mm-hmm. apart from getting there yeah is that do you just get on a train and go places you, obviously you went to visit your friend but
1: yeah well you get a they do offer special deals especially in summer which is like a rail pass yeah so you get the rail pass you can i don't think you can get like the height like you definitely can't get the shinkansen with it the bullet train very expensive but you can get regular trains and you just sort of have a good book or a good podcast and get on a train and go from prefecture to prefecture So the bullet
0: train's kind of like booking a flight in terms of expense?
1: Yeah, I mean it's fantastic, I did it once with my parents and we mm. went from Tokyo to Kyoto and I remember passing, we saw Fuji-san and it's like there, is, there it is it's pretty cool, sorry Mount Fuji <laughs> I'm getting all yeah anyway um, yeah so I guess I just had my camera with me at all times and I started to make little travel videos but not like the ones we see with vloggers today like hey I'm Jenny and I'm in Tokyo and I'm going to eat some ramen and blah, like, it wasn't like that it was more just getting all these different angles um, framing things as interestingly as I could and then putting it all on the timeline and choosing the right music it was more, but it wasn't a music video either, it was just more like a I don't know, like <laughs> mini barackas. <laughs> I don't know, mini samsaras. It was just me trying uh, yeah. to... Like my favourite one was going to um, Nikko, which is a place in the Tochigi Prefecture, which is famous for... It's just a beautiful collection of shrines on in mountains and forests, temples and shrines, and a massive tourist attraction. And there's so much... It's because it's in the forest... And Japan is such a, when I say seasonal country, it's so colorful, you know, and fantastic for postcards. My God, like spring, you've got the cherry blossoms, Mm -hmm. right? It's only for one week. So you've got to be fast in spring. Summer, it's really lush, really green. Autumn, it's called Koyo Which is cool translates to leaf hunting because it's a hobby where you just look at all the foliage because the colours are so 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 vibrant. And then winter, it usually snows, Mm -hmm. so it's and it's just white purely. And you got to be careful with the dry ice because I've fallen many times; (laughs) just really scary. But yeah, it's. um, I went during autumn to Nikko, and I remember filming as much as I could. And I happened to film. I don't know what her role was, but she was a woman in a kimono and she was running from one shrine to the next. Who knows what, but it was like my framing, like I had one shrine on one side, the other shrine on the other side and this like little, I don't know, passageway that connected with Mm -hmm. a, with a window. So you could just see her running through and I captured it and I'm like, yes, like just little moments like that. Um,
0: and this is what, on your weekend?
1: Yeah, yeah, just a day off. So we would do... I did so many day trips. It's mm-hmm. a real sort of day trip kind of country, and everyone takes the train, and I just went with two other friends. One I had a friend who was really into photography, another friend that just wanted to go and explore, and I had my, like, massive... <laughs> well, now it's massive Sony camera, old school with, like, the, the little DV tapes.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and, um, yeah, so... I would just do that. And I kind of knew I was prepping myself for uni and it kind of wet my appetite for visual storytelling so that when I got to uni, I had a sense of stylistically the kind of films I like. Mm-hmm. And also while I was in Japan, I had a lot of downtime when I wasn't teaching. I watched so many films. I just went, there was a local, um, it's called Staya, I think if I remember correctly. And you just, you know, hire heaps of CDs and DVDs, this is way before, like, this is. I'm just showing my age, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it was, like, the culture of DVDs, and there was just something about living in this apartment and being far away from home, and totally, and just, just making this decision, like, okay, no one knows me here, and I can kind of reinvent myself, not reinvent, but, like, just, I don't know, like, I just felt free in yeah. that sense. So I was watching a lot of films that maybe I wouldn't have watched here. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I just watched everything, mm-hmm. everything. And, um, you know, even Japanese films, I went to film festivals, exhibitions. I just soaked it up like a sponge. And I also, um, I don't know. Cause then I went back to Japan a few years later as a student and that's when I really started to go to like I went to my first well my first and only butoh theater performance which had a massive impact on what I do. I was describing it to someone the other day and it's where the the butoh performer I it was an it's an underground dance form that was created after World War 2 and it was to shock the audience and to, to like don't be so complacent, especially Japanese people, don't be so complacent. Think about what think about what's around you. So they really wanted to shock Mm -hmm. and they did that and they would sometimes perform naked and they cover their bodies head to toe in white like white paint white body paint and they perform their dance with their eyes rolled back into their heads which was really something to see for an entire show I don't know how they did that it kind of looks like something from a horror film yeah but they're contorting their bodies and kind of writhing on the ground and it's very Strangely sexual as well, so you're, you're kind of a little confused watching it, going, "This is like horror, like erotic horror or something." It's just really out there, and you kind of have you kind of forget that you're in Japan, where it's very conservative mm. in a lot of ways. But then, but then, kind of crazy, like batshit crazy, and you can see that in the you know in their animation. Just watch Akita. Yeah. Like, what <laughs> the fuck is this? This is crazy. It's awesome, you know. Or their music. It's it's all there. So. um yeah, I kind of like that duality with Japan, like very polite and conservative, like to the point you can't really say your real opinion, but then watch some of their films and it's just crazy. So you,
0: you're, how long are you there for?
1: Um, On and off, I've lived in Japan um, over three years.
0: Okay. Yeah. But that first stint? A year and a half. A year and a half. And yeah. then you came back and... The, enrolled in university yeah, yeah in it, was, I, it was an
1: exchange program yeah i was studying japanese here and i had such a great japanese teacher and she said look no one else is studying film in japanese you should probably you should go for the scholarship you have a good chance of getting it and i did and she was right and so that's when i went back
0: to and, japan yep okay. and i
1: studied in tokyo this time Hachioji.
0: And, and were you speaking japanese
1: yeah yeah i had classes my Japanese got really good. It's kind of shit again, but I'm working on it. But it got good because I was immersed in it. Mm. And I could go to parties and just find myself having conversations. And Japanese people, you got to be careful, though. They're very, very, very polite. You could say, like, Konnichiwa. And they're like, oh, Nihongo Jozu Like, your, your Japanese is fantastic. And it's like, mm. don't, don't bullshit me. <laughs> even the first time I went skiing, which was horrendous. I don't even like to think about it. But I went up to Hokkaido where, you know, powdery white snow they all talk about. And I told my friend, I said, look, I've never been skiing in all my life. I need lessons. And she's like, no, 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 you'll be fine. So she got me on a ski lift and we went to the top of the mountain. It was awful. I ended up taking off my skis and just walking because I'm like, I'm going to die. i am got to plow into a tree because I didn't even know how to turn. And she kept telling me, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. And I was getting really pissed off because I'm like, I know I'm not good. I've fallen down 10 times. I've hit my head on the snow. I'm not good. And then later she said, yeah, you're not, you're not very good. And I said, I know. So <laughs> stop telling me. Yeah. In fact, so that's just an ex- the extent of how polite they can be. Um, yeah. But what was I saying? Anyway, yeah, it's um, a big part of my life. But at the same time, I kind of get a bit tired of the whole romanticism of Japan.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's not a paradise. There are no. a lot of social issues and a lot of things I don't agree with. And I feel the same way about Australia and yeah, I remember I had a Japanese boyfriend and he just at one point said, he almost like, <laughs> cause I was in Japan still, he's like, if you don't like it so much, you can go back home. <laughs> cause I was just, you know, it, talk about feminism, good Lord. That's a whole different conversation. But yeah, I love Japan, but I see it as a complete country and I yeah. see it as, and like every complete country, you're, you're going to have healthy criticisms. Yeah. yeah. It's there are social issues that are a problem, and my favourite filmmaker Koreeda. He his recent fi- his I guess his most recent film Shoplifters. I think that won the Palm Door. Mm-hmm. He makes films about these issues, and yeah. not in a heavy-handed way, which is why I love him. He creates films about people barely, like just surviving outside of poverty, you know, and they they're forced to shoplift or these children that were abandoned by their mother and they, they have to fend for themselves and they don't want to go to the authorities because they know they'll be split up and put into different families, you know, and you just, it's a slow burn watch and it's really painful to watch but I'm glad at least one filmmaker is going there and I'm sure there are more. I'm, not, I'm no um, expert on Japanese cinema, not for a while. I haven't watched many Japanese films recently but I know there's that one filmmaker. Oh, and um, Kurosawa, not Akira, Kurosawa Kiyoshi. Kiyoshi, mm-hmm. I think that's his name. He's also making films um, about, I think there's one about um, a family and uh, I don't know if it was an epidemic, but there was this uh, problem where um, the head of the household, you know, a man, yeah. the father was made redundant or was just fired and the whole family would kill themselves yeah. or he would kill himself and the family's left destitute. And I don't... From what I recall, I don't think the film goes there. But it does look at, you know, what's next, you know, for a man that's been made redundant. It's, you know... and We need those films as much as we need all the really fantastic, out-there, crazy, bombastic movies. it's, It's also good to shine. Like, people need to feel that they're not being left behind or at least their story is being told. Yeah. You know, as soon as you start to feel too isolated, all sorts of shit starts to happen, so...
0: So, you're sort of yeah. starting to make films because you're that's sort of what you're studying. You're studying Japanese cinema in, well, in university?
1: Well, no, I wasn't studying Japanese cinema, but um, I, I was studying cinema. cinema in Japan. You, yeah, I well, that was one of the classes. Um, so, basically, when I was over in Japan, I studied the language, the culture, um, just linguistics in general, which was pretty complex actually but and then one a few classes were about cinema one in particular was about cinema and that was really cool like I saw um what's his name Ozu Ozu you know he did Tokyo Story and an autumn afternoon he's a really prominent uh Japanese filmmaker and he um he I guess he became quite notorious for really like static shots and a lot there's a lot of harmony and balance in his shots and not a lot of movement. But then this director was showing us some of his really early, early, early work, like Before the War, black and white, you know, uh, silent films. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of movement, camera movement, and it was quite cheeky and comical. So to see that origin and, and the sort of films he made in his twilight years was really, really interesting. So, oh, oh, my God. And I think I saw a scene from a pink erger, which was a massive movement in the 70s, Erotic cinema became the thing. I forgot. Have you seen or heard of In the Realm of the Senses? No. Ai no Korida is like the, the bullfight of, light, of love is the um, uh, Japanese title. And it has, a, of course, this didn't really happen, but it has an infamous scene where it's, it's a very passionate love story between a man and a woman, and she dismembers him. Yeah, okay. I know, far out but it's there in the end of the film like the love just uh, consensually? gets consensually too extreme I can't remember I'm so sorry It was I saw it so long ago but yeah, that's that's when I mean, and I think it's a pretty well-known film you know, and it's it's very erotic like there's a scene where they're having sex and she's on top of him and she's playing the shamisen <laughs> I was watching it like yep yeah. <laughs> Japan um
0: I watched but this there, movie. But there are recently. freaky films
1: everywhere. Yeah, go on.
0: Go I on. think I, well, last Japanese film I watched was called. I think it's just called House.
1: Oh, I've heard of House. Haven't and seen it. And I think it. it's
0: pretty. Like, I don't think I should take it as representative of nineteen seventies Japanese cinema because I think it's pretty out there for nineteen seventies Japanese cinema.
1: Probably. I've heard. Yeah, it has a bit of a reputation. For, um, for but it was, or it, was it
0: was a guy. The guy who made it. I watched the documentary about it as well. And the guy who made it, he was. I think this might have been his first film and he was actually a commercial director. And so it's just nuts. It's like, um, and it is,
1: it's his first film. Possibly. Yeah. Cool.
0: And I don't know if he's done the films he did after that never really reached as, um, as same notoriety, but it was about a group of young girls going to a haunted house and it was very, Uh um, you know, (laughs) problematic. It would be very problematic if made today.
1: I love that. We're buzzword of the, of, this, of the century. Problematic. Um, yeah.
0: Did you ever get into SBS like that? I feel like that was a big part of my childhood was just... Oh,
1: like the erotic. As a
0: guy, I was just flicking on to see, ooh, you might see some boobs. But <laughs> oh, yeah. then you would watch some amazing world cinema. <laughs> like,
1: Absolutely. Um, which you- I just don't get anymore. Well, I have to thank SBS because um, that got me onto a lot of comedy that I love, like uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Yeah, one of my favourites. So that I know that. Um, also, what else was like John Safran. I used to watch his stuff. Yeah, Music Jamboree and um, Versus God. That was on SBS. There's
0: still cool stuff on SBS, but the thing was, you flicked it on, and you never knew what you're going to get, right? Very and nice. now <laughs> I don't even have a TV plugged into an aerial, so it's I have the SBS app. Yeah. And when you're forced to go thick for and choose things, it's not the same. It's like, not you know, the same. You're not going to discover things.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, actually, there was. Okay, I don't think there were boobs or anything, but there was this, I'm trying to find it, Japanese film <laughs> that my parents, like, we, they were just flicking through. And it was about uh, kamikaze pilots.
0: Oh wow! Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, it wasn't a documentary, so it was a feature. And it, it, from what I remember, I saw it when I i just saw this ending. And I think it was—I think it's like the ending of Gallipoli. I hope I'm not spoiling anything. But you know when Mel Gibson's character is trying yeah. to like hurry back and like you don't have to go over the line, you don't have to go over <laughs> yeah. the line, and then they go over and you see him get shot, and you're like no, and it just freed, that freeze frame is horrible. But I think it was something similar. Like he was trying to tell his friend. You don't have to do this. Get out of the plane. Like, yeah, it's not yeah. your turn. To get out of the plane. But he misunderstands and he's just waving back like, yeah, bye. And he's freaking about to kill himself, yeah. you know. It was something like that. Like, it's a very bittersweet, tragic ending with a, a hint of comedy. Because you're kind of oh, laughing yeah. because you don't know what, how you're supposed to react. But, yeah. So, um, SBS had a lot of these amazing little, like, Easter eggs. <laughs> There's like, amazing random films that you wouldn't discover otherwise. Um
0: so, what was your first sort of project you did out of, um, like, university? Like, uh, what was your first thing? Like, I'm going to do this because I want to do it.
1: I think the first short film, if I remember, I was actually a student in Tokyo and I just decided to make a short film. And it wasn't anything. It was outside of the curriculum. I had to just pull people together. I met...
0: And you made it in Tokyo?
1: Yeah, I made it in Tokyo. So, I met a photographer. Like, we... Because I would look through the, um like there were these magazines specifically for um, international residents. And if you flicked the back, of course you had like man seeks woman, you know, all of that stuff, but there was also creatives. Mm -hmm. So looking for people to work on a photo shoot, looking for people to work on a hip hop album or whatever, you know, like people just wanted to branch out and work with other people. So I I met up with this photographer from, fuck, I can't remember somewhere, maybe New Jersey. Let's just say New Jersey.
0: But the United States.
1: Yes. From the U S and he hadn't, shot much video, but I said, look, I have an idea and there's not going to be too much camera movement. Um, would you be keen to collaborate? And I forgot how I found the actress, but I found an actress and I had help from other people and we just made it. And that was shown at the revolution film festival. Um, yeah, in but Perth. That, yeah, in Perth, yeah. So that and it's been shown also at galleries as well because it's one of those films where it's it's experimental, yeah. so it, it's not narrative, and you could show it at, in a gallery and it would work in that space. But yeah, I was really. Um, do you remember that horrific, horrific murder of an Indian girl in, 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 in? I can't remember where in India, but she was on a bus with her male friend. And they mm-hmm. had gone to see a movie. And I think it was somewhere quite rural. Yeah. And she got literally dragged off the bus. And she was raped so, mm-hmm. so badly.
0: It was like 30 men or
1: something. Yeah. Well, there were, I think there were five men. And yeah. they were literally inserting things into her, like iron rods, like pulling out organs. Like this is beyond horrific. And I just remember reading that and thinking, I, I just felt... I, it, it just felt so grim. And I thought, how how am I on this planet with that happening? And this is, which is stupid to say, I know, because, you know, we've, the human race, my God, we've had horrific wars, I know. But it's just, it just felt, it's weird because it's like, why aren't people talking about it? But then you talk about it and everyone just gets depressed and it's like, well, okay, maybe talking about it constantly isn't the right thing to do, but how how can we just, I don't know. I, I just wanted to make something that reflected the horror of violence, like real world violence. I think horror is such an ist- interesting genre because you can look at it as you know, because it's a, it's to do it's a genre in which we can explore taboos like Night of the Living Dead, you know, zombies, but it's a reflection of racism in America, and. It's, it's. I love it as a metaphor but you've got zombies, you've got ghosts monsters, all of that but what about horror in everyday life like to me what that girl went through is the definition of horror she died, she was killed um, and I was also just looking up very extreme cases of violence specifically targeting women again, not saying that men don't endure this violence but we're looking at countries where it's. it's irrefutable that women are treated as second-class citizens. Um, they can't leave the house. They can't get an education. And if they try, something horrific happens to them. They'll, they'll, Their husband will cut their hand off or they'll have acid thrown in their face, you know. This is really horrible and horrific. So I just made a short film about a Japanese girl that's reflecting on this. And the reason I did that was because I went to a um, global studies class at university in Tokyo. And... Most of the classes I took in Japan, it was me with (laughs) either me with other Australians or other Austrians, which was kind of weird, or Koreans and Chinese students. And we're learning the language or learning about, you know, seasons and festivals and all that. But now I was in a class full of Japanese people talking about um, AIDS in uh, African countries, like the rising rate of AIDS in African countries and um, inequality and really, really, really interesting subjects that I just hadn't really seen, you know, I hadn't... It was so great to see that. Like, Mm. of course they discuss it, but I I was just stupid to sort of... I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, of course they do. And so I thought instead of having a film about a Japanese girl, I was like, I don't know. Oh, I love that boy and I want him to ask me out or, oh, I want to be a journalist or something. I thought, well, what if it's about a girl that's reflecting on all this horrific shit? Because it doesn't matter Mm. where you are. Like, you're still a human being. You're still going to respond and, um, and it's about that choice you make where you, cause it is possible to read the news again and again, and you just feel depressed and hopeless. And what is the point of that really? Like it is important to be informed, but is it worth losing all hope? You know, like where's the line, yeah. where is the line? And you don't want to be ignorant and in your own bubble because you can start to become very ungrateful and detached from the world. So yeah, I, it was just one of those passion projects where i thought no i want to make a horror film but a Mm. psychological horror film without monsters and ghosts just about what's happening in the world and so yeah that's the first film i made outside of everything
0: and you you so you did that it was all produced in japan yeah okay
1: yeah that i i mean it wasn't a feature but it was still a big thing to organize and bring together. and
0: I can't. It's stressful just doing that in Perth, let alone... <laughs> yeah. Like...
1: I know. What, Tokyo? Yeah, in Tokyo. Like, yeah. the biggest
0: city in the world in a completely different language, completely different written language.
1: And we shot it in two different two different apartments as well, so that was fucking fun. And I can't remember... There were two actresses. I can't remember. I think I put a call out somewhere and I just started getting coffees with... Because there's an actress who's been in films. She's, li- mm. she's actually been in feature films in Japan. And I'm like, and you want to be in this short film? Cool. All right, let's do it. Because she liked the script.
0: Oh, awesome.
1: It was pretty cool. Yeah. And the younger girl, she was just, I think she was a model and she wanted to try something different. And yeah.
0: What was the gap between coming back to Perth mm-hmm. and going to, moving to Sydney? Oh.
1: oh yeah. So I had a, um, I graduated and I had a year and a half. Yeah, it was a year and a half.
0: So, where did you graduate from? ECU. ECU?
1: Yeah. And after I graduated, I started to get work. Uh, Like, I was hired to create uh, video work for an opera. And that was for a production of The Emperor of Atlantis.
0: In Perth? Yeah. Oh, wow. In
1: Perth. That was really cool. And um, I was also exhibiting. So... I had created a video installation as, like, my graduate piece. Mm -hmm. And I was showing that at different places in Perth. I also created another installation for um, the Fringe Festival here. I showed... And where do you show that? Where?
0: Yeah, for a Fringe Festival. What is that?
1: Um,
0: Do you have to set up your own environment?
1: Yeah, it was called... The company organizing it was called Jumpstart. And it was at this former, like, Noodle Restaurant, But okay. they had converted it to, like, there was a theatre space and the lobby was... They had this, like, all these different nooks and crannies in the, you know, the lobby.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like a hotel, you know, and they can use a... Or an airport, you know, and they use the space for some art. So, they were like, you can use this space and create something. I said, great. Um, so, I did that.
0: And they, so, they commissioned you or you were looking for something to do in no, the No,
1: unfortunately... It, <laughs> It was one of those, like, exposure. <laughs> I was commissioned for the opera, of course, which yeah. was fantastic. But this other one I did, it was more like, look, we, we really don't have much of a budget, but we'll help you with the with the press release and you have the space. And, you and know, how did they we... find you to do it? Um, my friend was working at Pika, and I think she was on the board. Okay. And she really liked my installation, so she put my name forward and then oh. I got in touch. So, so I did that. Um, I also worked for... I started working for film festivals. I worked for the Japanese film festivals, like a volunteer coordinator. And then I worked at the revelation film festival as a volunteer coordinator and a guest liaison officer, dual role. Fucking hell. That was pretty intense. <laughs> and I was also, while I was working at revelation Fi- film festival, I was also working at the big issue mm-hmm. where my day job, where I also did like, I f- made promotional, a promotional video for them, like interviewing the vendors. And I was also working on the opera work. So that was a really crazy time. <laughs> And I was getting prepared to leave Perth to move to Sydney. So that was insane. Um, So I did lots of odd jobs after uni, but they were, you know, moving towards paid video work, which was cool. And then I moved to Sydney and um, it was a lot more expensive over there. My God. So So I
0: you went there for work?
1: No, no. I moved there um, with a boyfriend at the time. We just want, like, he, he wasn't, he's not from Australia and he wanted to move to Sydney because he was trying to get a job in IT, and he's like, look, i got more chance over there. And we were either split on Melbourne or Sydney. I was like, well, Melbourne is kind of where the art is, but I'll go to Sydney. So I went to Sydney. Um, No, but it was great. And I now have a good relationship with the gallery over there, and we're still in touch. And um, I've, you know, different festivals, and I got to work at an agency, so I met lots of contacts through there. So, yeah. Yeah. It's good. But now I'm back here.
0: Why? Why come back? Because it's cheaper.
1: No, I, <laughs> money. No, I came back because my parents. Oh, yeah, this is the weird thing. My parents are now in Tokyo. Okay. Because of my dad's job. And um, we went through some personal things, like, you know, illness in the family. Yeah. And it was just getting stressful to also look after the house over here. So I came back for that reason. So to help out family and uh, yeah it's funny because my you got
0: cheap rent until they come back from Tokyo
1: yeah that and look, who says no to that yeah. <laughs> um, but it is a bit funny to come back to Perth like the place I grew up in yeah. essentially with no family here no one is here it's interesting my brother is oh right okay, my brother moved back Essex. to the UK yeah my parents are in Tokyo everyone else I've got I do have a cousin in um, Christchurch but you know it's a bit far
0: yeah <laughs>
1: Um, so it's good and even my dog is in Tokyo and my cat was still here but he was so old so we did have a beautiful time together when I came back to Perth but then he had to be put down I
0: oh, know no. it was ter- it was horrible I went through that I had um, had to put the cat down and it was a bit yeah it was a bit of a, uh, I don't know a midlife crisis for me I'm like well what do I do now I had a purpose before this to look after this cat and, you know, Yeah. so now i yeah. moved somewhere where you're not allowed pets and i Oh. I thought I'd be lonely, but I haven't been yet. Okay. <laughs> um, I miss my cat. I do. I really want a cat. Yeah. I'm allergic to them.
1: Oh, bugger.
0: I didn't realize until the cat died and all my symptoms oh. went away. <laughs> just I, was just, I just thought Sorry. I was one of those people it with allergies. Laugh. No. <laughs> <laughs> but now i will come full circle. You're back in Perth and yeah. you've just done a, um, a project with voiceover, a video yeah, short film. Yeah, a short
1: film for the um, Space film competition so it's over at well if it gets accepted and this is very exciting that means Richard Linklater will be judging and might see it oh cool it'll be really freaking cool it's pretty cool yeah
0: now looking for the future you might be moving to Argentina you're <laughs> yeah. doing a narrative hey. films
1: yeah so I'm moving into narrative but I also I would love to find I would love to collaborate with a musician and be like, what kind of visuals do you want for your live performance? Alright, I'll make them. Because I did that for mm. the opera. And um, but I don't I've, I've been I've seen VJs and what they, you know, I've seen some of it. And I don't know, I would try to bring sort of a narrative element into it. So sort of craft it carefully. And I, I am friends with someone on Instagram. Well friends. I'm in touch with someone on Instagram who does that and she uses After Effects and creates kind of cool visual poems to go with bands and their work. So I, I love that synergy between music that I love and visuals, like very abstract things. Mm. So I the, I totally want to do that, but I also want to do narrative and I want to do, do more installations and possibly look at VR. Like to me, I don't see why i can't have like as she said a multi-disciplinary <laughs> approach yeah. i just have to as a result be a very disciplined um hard worker and when i have a deadline i surprise myself but otherwise like i said i can get wrapped up in the cocoon mm-hmm. and forget about real life and that can annoy people around me <laughs> yeah people who have to coexist with me but yeah um yeah that's my dream it's to have to keep just to keep doing what I'm doing like when you look at my portfolio you'll see it's a bit of everything and I've made peace with that and I think that's a strength I have and it's something I want to embrace and there'll always be a thread of something Japanese running through my work I mm-hmm. figure but as until I, you go
0: to Argentina and, and then you go I, and then wow this Latin. is other culture I've got to explore
1: totally it's gonna there'll be a Latin spice to my work <laughs> yeah Latin flavor um yeah, so that's it, really. Wow. Must have.
0: Well, the sun has it almost is, set. It the is setting, The city's yeah. kind of the last glint of the yeah. sun on the buildings is here. Yeah. The, the swans doubled, no, tripled for a period, but now we're back to two. There was eight at once, <laughs> There
1: was. We were being outnumbered.
0: All right. Well, where can people f- follow what you're doing?
1: Um, Hop on my Instagram. Uh Fey dot brain F-E-Y dot B-R-A-I-N. I have my website. I have my Vimeo page. They're like, in the show notes, but it's what?
0: JennyFayen.com, I'm guessing. Yes. Yep. yes. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. I'm um, revamping my website, but that's all right, because my old one's still there for now. And, yeah, you'll see I separate my work between film and art. It's To me, that's just the easiest way to compartmentalise what I do, but there is a crossover and... I love it. I love it all. Mm-hmm. I love it all. I want to do it all.
0: You can follow Jim Rishfemme at com. Follow Jenny at Yeah. We'll uh, catch around. Bye.
1: Bye.